What's up, you magnificent human, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Inside Out Podcast. And I am your host, Kira McCullough. I have always believed that the most meaningful, positive and sustainable change happens in life. It happens from the inside out. Creating meaning, purpose and joy that happens from within, rather than relying on external sources to complete us, is how we create a life where we can be our authentic selves with confidence and passion. One guy that embodies what it means to be authentic and genuine and to live a life that's authentic, that's true and that's passionate is is Thomas McCormack and I am so, so pleased to have him as a guest on this podcast. Thomas learned that a life lived seeking externally comes with a crippling price for our own individual and unique existence. Transitioning from a young man working as a nightclub promoter to a human in growth as a full-time life coach came with growing pains that brought him back to the truth of who he really was. Over time, Thomas's practice as a coach has become one where he works one-to-one with people looking to create meaningful change in a sustainable way. Authenticity, expression and creativity from the inside out. I'm fantastic here. How are you getting on? I'm great. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. It's um, We've never met in person and it's just so lovely to connect with you, um, albeit virtually, but we're here. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks many for having me. I love having these conversations and the fact that we haven't met before just kind of shows the power of conversations at these times. So thank you. It's great to connect because uh, I, I, for one, I, know, I don't know about you, but I miss that face-to-face human connection and I know we spoke earlier about energy like just getting that energy from other people that's one of the biggest things that I miss during lockdown it's just getting that energy from all the different people I know yeah it's uh I know people are everything um I go for an old went for a walk yesterday and I'm starting to get to know the local baristas and um it's it's I loved my work at home and then Zoom and different things, but even that little walk to the baristas and talking to Nikki inside <laughs> down the shop for five minutes. It's just a simple moment, but at the same time it, it says a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um so take off bring you back to Gion Thomas and and what what brought you to where you are today? Well, a whole lot of things. Um, anyone that knows me knows that when you ask an open question like that, I could be talking for a while because I look at it from so many different angles and I've reflected on my whole life um, and learned so much from it. Um, so I guess what brought me to here today, um, I, get, it's a, I, I guess I'm from Mayo. Um, I'm from a family of 10, which I'm always proud to say because it's unusual and it's shaped a lot of my experience. And um, I guess being the oldest of eight as well I've also got to see that um although we're all from the same family brought up from the same parents with very similar values um how you view the world and how you experience it is completely different um and that has been a big one a big part of it um went to primary school secondary school um loved sports obsessed with soccer and Gaelic I at the age of 17 um my mum reminded me that at 17, I was still convinced I was going to play for United until I broke my leg. And um, so there was a passion there. I loved that. Um, I went to a mixed school, which was incredibly important, actually. It was a decision. It was a big decision because um, I was the oldest. So my parents, um, they were like, well, there was the local boys school in Clamaris. There was the mixed school in Kelshima. I think my parents wanted to make sure that, well, I think their thinking was, well, if Thomas goes to school, takes it seriously and, and does well, the other will look at Thomas and be like, okay, let's do what Thomas does. No so they want <laughs> no pressure at all. To be fair, they didn't word it like that at all. They were like, yeah, what would you like to do and how would you get the best out of yourself? Yeah. Um, and for some reason, someone in school at one, at, at one point had said something about, oh yeah, if you go to school now in the, in the boys' school, your head gets flushed down the toilet loads. And, and for me, this is really real. Mm. And, uh, so that's scared the living daylights out of me. Went into the open day of uh, uh, Coleman's and just, I don't know, it could have been the stories in my head, what it was, but I was like, oh, I don't know, is this for me? So asked dad, um, 
was there any other options? And he said, uh, Kelchma went for went to the open day in Kelchma and just there was a lovely, I think it was the fact that there was literally two or three faces that I seen that day when I walked into the school besides the principal. Um, it was also done up recently, which obviously helped. And um, there was, it was mixed. It was mixed, which I think was huge for me. Um, and I just, there was a friendly feel in the place. Um, and not that it wasn't in the other place, but there's something that I think um, there's something about a mixed school and, and women being around the place just, just really adds a lovely um, essence to, to things. So I made that decision. That was probably a massive, what seemed like a small decision, but it was Incredible huge. At that age, have the awareness to say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Can you try something else? Like it's, it just kind of goes on your ethos at the moment. And, and the job that you're in, that, that intuition that you have, at a, at a young age to go, do you know what? Actually, I think I want to try this path. You know, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, I obviously wasn't aware of it at the time, but there was all, there's always been a knowing that has guided me on the path um, that I that I listened to and struggled with. And everyone in my school in Barney Carroll, I went to Barney Carroll in that primary school. And, like everyone, pretty much as far as I know, went to Clamar. So it was either you went to the the lad school, or you went to the girl school. Um, so then, but I went to Calshima. So it was definitely, um, yeah, there was something. That was very much so just it was just, yeah, the best thing to say is was a feeling more than anything and a knowing. And um, yeah, and that was that shaped a lot of the journey. Then from there, thought I wanted to do teaching, didn't get teaching. Absolutely best thing in the world that ever happened to me. <laughs> um, uh, just just I know myself teaching wouldn't be I'd be I think I'd actually be not the worst, but I'd, I'd got so comfortable in it, too, I think. Um, Went on a journey then, done humanities in St. Pat's, which was psychology, which was always interesting. So sociology, philosophy, English, done my degree there. My degree I really got was the degree of life, I think. It was the experiences and the people I met that really shaped who I was and how I think. Um, done nightclubs for a long time. That was There was a lot of good in that. I had great times. But my soul started to, I guess the, my soul slowly started to slip away without me realizing it. Um and the weekends became the be all and the end all and the having the crack. And I was connecting with people, which is great. But it became alcohol and long nights. And then, oh, Monday again, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually um, through conversations, I started to be, I guess it was kind of a known again, being like, oh, hang on a second. This isn't, I really can't see too far into the future with this for me. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. Um, got curious started to ask questions started to talk to people uh, and two conversations with two friends especially were pivotal um and ended up in coaching and um i guess for me walking into pats the first time at the open day once again it was like it was like walking into st louis that time there was a warmth to the place and you you can kind of tell it's like it's like there's, there's coffee shops you walk into and the staff are friendly and happy because they are friendly and happy. Yeah. And then there's coffee shops you walk into and you're like, are you forcing that? Are you having that smile on because someone told you you have to have it on? It so, side of your coffee. <laughs> you which? You're probably writing a healthy note, save me on the side of your <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just a different feel to certain places. And yeah. walked into St. Louis and there was a lovely warmth and lovely feel to it walked to St. Pat's and there was a knowing. I didn't even know, I don't think I knew at the time that Pat's had humanities. I thought it was just teaching. And most people assume that. Um, went to all the other colleges, um, but P- Pat's was like, the, I had education psychology actually down from Mary I because a psychology piece was something I was interested in. But the points were five, six, five or something, something for me that were absolutely outrageous. And uh, then... Yeah, and that, that feeling again, walking into the coaching course, it was like, oh, there's that feeling again. There's that feeling that's telling me something. Um, yeah, so there's kind of been always a feeling with a new beginning, I guess, and, um, which has always been a, a, a telling tale. I love it. Um, thank you for that. There's a few things that I want to go back on. And just because this is a conversation and there's a certain air of curiosity and I love to ask different questions. Um, of course. To go back to, to your parents, what was the greatest thing that you've learned from your parents and, and that big family? Wow. Well, you might bring tears out here now. Um, so my parents are probably, in my eyes, obviously, they're the only parents that I've experienced as parents. Um, uh, 
my so I guess over over so I moved home to I moved home to Mayo last February before the coronavirus came around. Um, a whole range of reasons, nothing to do with COVID, even though a lot of people thought it was just a COVID. So I didn't really question it, but no, it was um, it was nothing to do with COVID at all, really. And um, um, a part of that reason was I am at a point in my life, and I wanted to um spend a bit of time at home and get to know my family a bit better. Because as much as I'd I'd always have the line, it's easy to say when you're from a big family, oh, I'm a big family guy. And I am, it's just kind of a part of who I am, but I wasn't walking the walk as much as I would have liked to. Um, so over our time at home, I kind of, just something from talking to, I spent a lot of time talking to people older than me in general, um, but I'd noticed that parents put outrageous pressure on themselves to be perfect. And it doesn't exist. Like there's no such thing as perfect parenting. You can only do your best and go from there. Um, but I had a conversation with my dad at one point and um, it was in quite profound conversation that we had. And I, I felt that I had to, it was something I'd realized myself was that the, what my parents had taught me, it was never something that they'd sat down and taught me. It was something that they taught by their presence and what they do. And it was literally the fundamental values of love and what love looks like in terms of the way they, they done everything they possibly could to let us express ourselves and do what we want to do. And like that eight kids and I had soccer, football, basketball, karate, um, volleyball, um, all at different times, but there was always two or three at the go. And that's just me. So there's me. <laughs> then there's everyone that comes after me, which is six in a row. So there was like, when I was six or six and a half, there was five under me, which is like, it's, it's, to, for parents to be parents in the first place is amazing for parents to have eight kids is like I'll still say to them I've no idea how you do it and I will never ever <laughs> do that um I would say that the, the the biggest things they taught me was the fundamental value of love um my parents always taught me that a really strong one especially from mom is that you we are no better or no worse than anybody else we're just human we're human beings and on our path someone's having a bad day you don't know what's going on in their world um my mom called me um my brother Liam, he's 17 at the moment. Um, and a couple of years ago, ma'am called me because she knew I'd like to hear that. So Liam is my godson as well. And um, she called me and she was telling me how they were in a waiting room. And when they're in the waiting room, ma'am said there was no seats left. And a family came in. And there was another young boy the same age as Liam. And Liam turned to ma'am and goes, ma'am, mammy, will I, will I give him my seat? Oh, my. And ma'am goes, um, whatever you'd like to do, you do it. So Liam gets up and gives a seat to this young boy. And uh, I was kind of wondering, because I'm, I'm not surprised by that part. And then ma'am goes, you know what was amazing about it? And I was like, what? It was a traveler family. Oh. And he didn't judge him just because, or whatever. That's not what Liam saw. Liam saw another young boy who needed a seat. And that that that's kind of the stuff that, my parents taught me and um the stuff that's like you can teach all kinds of things but I think when you're teaching people about life it's and what you take from them it's what is it that makes a human and what's always important to remember um and it's things and little little small things like that and it's the fundamental values of what it is to be yourself and what it is to be human and my parents done a very good job of that never forced us any down any and down any um particular road it was be curious be yourself um and we'll support you but we're not going to tell you what you have to do and there's so much from what i can hear there's so much kindness wrapped up in all of that like you, you mentioned love but i think that fundamental skill of actually being kind and i genuinely think it is a skill that we need to learn because we all at the moment are speaking about being kind and there needs to be more kindness in the world and throw kindness around like it's confetti but do we actually embody it and and that to me from what I can see is what your parents not only embodied but instilled in all of you because I've never met you personally but from what I know of you you're you're one of the kindest humans I know so it's Thank lovely you. to see that actually you know we can actually teach our kids this you know um, amazing thank you so much um because I always think, like, when we speak about stories, like, we, we've had conversations now about the power of conversation and getting to know people and 
just before we jumped on this podcast, um, we were just chatting a bit and I just had mentioned to you that I went into a nursing home before and and, and really just sat down with all the people there and, and got their stories and different, you know, life stories and life events and all the things that shaped them and, and got them to where they are. I think stories, people's stories are, are very, very important. But one of the greatest probably regrets that I have, my dad died quite young. And I often think that when people die, all of their stories tend to go with them unless we can keep them alive and keep talking about them. So that's kind of the journey I'm on now is, is finding out about my dad. Like I'm 30 in March and it's only now that I'm starting to kind of uh, delve into finding out more about him, who, who he was as a person, um, because for the majority of my life, and it's going to get very deep very quickly. Majority <laughs> 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 of my life, my dad died by suicide. So I always felt, and it's only now that I'm discovering it, that the connection that I had with him was being sad. And it was something that that I found very hard to let go of that sadness, because if I let go of that sadness, then what other connection did I have to him? So I remember uh, only last year, the end of last year, going to a, a counselor for uh, grief, and he was like, I can't do anything more with you until you go and learn about your dad. And I was like, well, that's just fucking brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> but it's so true. And the little bits that I've done, it's, 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 um, you know, my cousin told me that he, he used to write notes, like if he was going out of the house, he'd write a note to say, you know, I've just gone here, I'll be back and I love you and all that kind of stuff. And that he was just that person that embodied kindness and, and cared about people. And now, because I've always believed that I cared too much, but now I have a different connection that I can go, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm a person who cares too much. And I'm really glad I'm a person who, who puts things that little bit of extra effort because actually my dad was like that too. So it's actually when we find out people's stories, I don't know where I'm going with this. This is just a tangent, by the way. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but people's stories are are our way of keeping them alive. And, you know, it's it's something that we should keep speaking about and keep talking about and keep exploring and being curious about. It's probably just the inspiration I got there from the little chat. <laughs> Love that, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but it sounds like that the stories you're picking up, you're connecting with his story and hearing yourself in them too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and more than just being sad, you know. Um, and talk to me about, you know, you, you've spoken about that knowing, so that, that inner wisdom that we all tend to have, but tend not to listen to sometimes, or maybe we're not used to listening to it sometimes. Um, and from what I can tell by your story, you've, you've had it for as long as, as probably you, you've existed, really. But it's, it's in those, those defining moments that that knowing starts to come come through and, and really start to speak to us. Um, did you learn to listen to it a bit more or was it just the experience of, of those two defining moments where you kind of was like, oh, that's that feeling, there's that back again. Um, was it those two moments or was there a little bit more into discovering and listening to it a bit more? Oh, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's a series of events, experiences, interactions on a daily basis over time. Um, those were two important moments um, when I look back, but there's been so much. I, I, For example, like a very real one that came to when you asked the question was, I remember one of the first few weeks in the office and would have been August 2013 in the nightclubs. And I remember, because I was used to being around at college where you're, I'm literally having about 50 conversations a day. Some are short and sweet, some are a bit longer. And sitting in an office with four other guys and looking out the window, I can still see it, it's on Angel Street. And, you know, the, the clouds are kind of rolling in and it's kind of dark and dreary and raining. And, you know, that thing of pathetic fallacy. Mm. I didn't know what it meant, but I won't forget looking out the window and that feeling. And it was, um, this is where... I guess when I left college, my identity had become very wrapped up in the Pat's experience because it's quite an incredible one, but something you have to be wary that you don't really, like nothing defines you. Well, nothing should define you. Um, and um, yeah, that was a time when my I didn't trust my feeling. <laughs> so I didn't have any, I just like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this experience and pass to last, have no plan, didn't want to go back to education. I'd seen all the stress and strain that teachers go through to become a teacher. It's quite rigorous. Um, 
and intense and yeah, like that, that experience, I think put me off going back to college, even though there's loads of things I probably would have loved to have done. Um, so I was like, right, well, well, based on the experience that is not mine, it's other people's. <laughs> I won't do that, which is never a good idea. And, um, I just went with what I knew. Um, and, uh, I didn't listen to my feeling, uh, or my knowing. And at the same time, I learned loads in the experience. It's very much shaped where I am now, but, um, I think because I didn't listen to it at that time, I went on a journey and then I had to start to listen to it because the, the, you know, I mentioned the soul seeping away earlier on. Um, it was just the life was starting to leave, leave me, you could say. And a, a friend, one or two friends started to be like, yeah, you're not, you're not being as buzzy as you used to be. Um, and, but I, I just couldn't put my finger on it. I knew something was up. Um, I knew I wasn't myself, but I couldn't, like for me, it's always what's missing that you can't be you. Um, and it was, it was connection with people in authentic ways and spending more time around the right people. Um, so my knowing was there, but I didn't listen to it. Um, have you ever heard of the phenomenon called the, the dark night of the soul? Have you ever heard of that? I have gone through plenty of them. I have the dark night of the ego, the dark night of the soul, the where you're like, um, there's loads of different ways. Like I'm very, quite spiritual myself uh, and energy and different things. So it's, um, yeah, it's like, yeah. Where would you like to, where would you like to go? Well, like, well, what was your experience with it? Because I, I've just only recently discovered it and it rings true to, to what I've experienced over the last couple of years because I was in the transition period of not being fully in alignment with who I was and my values and what I actually stood for. Um, and now since becoming a coach and really doing the work that I'm immensely passionate about, I've noticed such a, a shift in, in who I am and in being comfortable with who I am because that for me, the last few years of that, that process was like, I just felt so like I had no purpose or I had no meaning or I was stuck in this, um, I suppose this, this washing machine is the only way I can describe it of, of all these feelings that were quite negative, you know, and I was quite hard on myself, but it was just me becoming aligned with my purpose. And it was a way of me shedding actually that kind of person and, and maybe becoming who I wanted to become. Um, so it's more about becoming than, than it is of, 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 but what's your experience with it? I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, so my, so I guess the way I look at that is it, it's, it's coming to a real, so for different people, some people, it just happens gradually over time. Other people, it can be a big event. It can be, um, someone passes away. It can be, um, a, just a deep sadness or, um, a, you know, a divorce or a loss of job or, and I, I imagine a lot of people are going through this past year or so because it really brings on that. Oh, hang on a second. It, Cause it's, you start to ask the question, who am I? And it's the big question. Um, and I think with just the systems and stuff are in place in Ireland, like, um, well, everywhere, really. Um, you know, when you're, I think it's 96% of four-year-olds are creative geniuses. Mm -hmm. Then you go to school and within a few years, it drops to like five, 13% or five. There's an actual study done on it with 1,600 people over a period of time. And um, and uh, Ken, Ken Robinson, I think that's his name. He actually does incredible talks around how education stifles your creativity but he's a big education advocate so it's it's a very balanced and really a lovely talk actually um but basically you go to the education system and you're 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 kind of told you're kind of it's the only way that they know how to train us is to be the same as everyone else so if you're doing maths and you're doing english and you're doing irish and you're doing all these subjects um you're wearing the same uniform as everyone else so you're trained to want to look to be like everyone else is and the teacher has the answer, your parents has the answer, um, your college professors, you know, look to them. They have, it's, it's all about looking out. Um, so our, our, our experience is shaped from the people who are around and what they know about themselves and what they don't know about themselves. And it's shaped from what we then are taught that we need to look for in life, what we, what we need to be. Um, uh, I was in a, I love asking this question. Um, and it's, you know, when you talk to young people, how many people here in the last... 12 months, I've been asked, what do you want to be when you're older? And the hands like, they'll always shoot up. And they're like, that, that damn question. Everyone's asking me that question. And then they'll put their hands down. You're like, so how many people here 
have been asked in the last 12 months who you would like to be when you are older. It's like, it, it's literally like you've, you've gone from English to French. Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> um, and, and, and some adults will have the same, they'll be like, oh, what do you mean? Um, because it's not something, it's not a way we're used to thinking. Like what is outside of you? Who is inside of you? Um, come back to inside out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so for me, the dark night of the soul is the part where you come to a part in your life and you're starting to question, actually, I've been doing a lot of things that don't actually align with the truth of who I am. Mm. So it's kind of a little, um, it's a moment in time where you have a choice. Um, you have a choice to keep going and live with the pain of not being you. Or you have a choice to to ask, oh, what tweaks and changes can I slowly make in a human way, in a compassionate way to myself? Because there will be growing pains because you've spent so long being someone that you're not. Um, so it's like, okay, well, who who am I? What kind of a life do I want to lead? Um, and that's what I see it as. And for me, it was very much so, uh, when I was in college, I loved it. College was a time when I got to come out of myself, going into the nightclubs. I was connecting with people, but in a very different way. So I learned a lot through that in terms of what type of connection I want to have with people. Um, but it was going from college or putting on events for other people that you know, just kind of like at that point, you kind of, you, you connect the event going well to your self-worth, which makes no sense, but you do. Um, and all of a sudden then you're going into the industry, which is just how can we get people into nightclubs and how can you make money? And there was a bit of fun in the two for sure. Like it was a really, it was a good job. I learned a lot, but for me, there was a conflict in values there because what difference are we making? How are we changing people's lives? We're not, they just weren't there, but I didn't know that they were that important to me. They're so important to me. And I didn't realize that um, at the time. Well, it's one of these things you kind of know, but you haven't thought enough to deep down and ask, okay, these are very important questions. When, you're, when your two friends kind of came to you and said, you know what, Thomas, you're not your usual bubbly self. There's, there's something missing. Um, what did you feel at the time? Like, what, what, what's, what was your reaction to that? So John, John, who is, uh, has the wedding set now for August 2022, 20, um, uh, he was the first person because it's a especially at that so I would have been what 24-ish 25-ish maybe um he would have been the first person to like what I love about some of my closest friendships is they're open they're fun but they're direct as well um uh when they need to be um because you're real friends and he came in one day and he just goes Thomas look I've noticed you're not being yourself we used to come in we'd all be having a laugh and taking the piss and you're kind of, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, and he asked me straight out, he was like, look, are, are, are you depressed? And I was like, never even thought of that. Um, so I don't, for me, I don't look at it that way. Not in, not in terms of ignoring the fact of you're in a bad place, but the question is, what's missing for me? Um, he just brought my awareness to it. Cause I, th I thought this, you know, going out to the weekends and having a good laugh and, you know, the distracting yourself from your reality. Cause when you're not aware, you're not aware. Um, even though other people might be able to see it. So um, my feeling, it just something went off in my head being like, whoa, okay, hang on a second. One of the guys who seems to sometimes know my thoughts before I know my own thoughts um, is pointing something out to me. Someone I care about a lot and someone that I know cares about me a lot. So it was a feeling of, oh, and it was just, it was just a moment of, can't ignore this I didn't say that to me but there was that was the kind of feeling you can't ignore it um and then another good friend uh Niall um absolute hero he he like we got on very well we wouldn't have even known each other like we would have known each other a year or two maybe at the time and he was leaving the house and I got in the car to let him out of the estate in Drumcondra and we were chatting away and he'd done it in such a lovely human way and he was training up as a coach himself at the time so he, he, he was asking questions. None of the, like, he's not the kind of person anyway, anyway so there's no judgment or any of that. And then he was like, you know, have you ever, have you ever heard of life coaching? I was like, kind of, but not really. And I hadn't really at the time. And he explained it to me. I was like, wow, geez, that sounds, that sounds the dream. <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. And, uh, but sure, you know, I'm trained in a way to think that, you know, it has to be a job that you look up and, you know, you apply and 
whatever and my head was still stuck in that place what do I want to be and uh and he kind of made the point well yeah it's lighting you up like you're really getting excited over there um but there's other people and this would be like what that sounds awful yeah <laughs> so he, he just brought my awareness to it so both mass questions that made me aware of something without trying to fix or change me um without trying to come in and save me and that was so there's a whole lot in those in the way they approached it that was human didn't make me feel there was anything wrong with me but just asked me they kind of asked me in their own little ways are you ready to wake up yeah it's not like not like they made you like someone to be fixed like there was something to be fixed but rather just brought you back to who you are you know um brought you home um did any part of your ego like in that process get really did it get in the way of of you making that transition to actually becoming you absolutely in Yes, very, very heavily, very strongly caused me a lot of pain, a lot of, like a lot of personal pain. Mm -hmm. So I guess, so when I was in Dublin, I got to know a hell of a lot of people because I just like those people I'd know from being in coppers. Like I, <laughs> I'd done this thing before where I, I'd just be out the whole time. So I'd just be talking to so many people. But then at one point I realized, okay, Thomas is really happy and content and buzzing around the place, talking to everyone when he has alcohol in him. So my thinking went to the place, okay, that means he's capable of without alcohol. So what's missing when the alcohol is not there? Yes. So stop drinking and started going into coppers and it was so uncomfortable, <laughs> so uncomfortable because there was people coming up and you kind of knew their names, they kind of look familiar. You built up a relationship, but you didn't remember most of it. And uh, um, so I guess where the ego came in and made it very painful is I had an idea in my head, I guess that that I had to uphold this image of being everywhere, um, being out all the time, um, going for coffees all the time, um, you know, doing all the things that I used to do and feeling that I had to, to keep up appearances, if you will, um, that, that if I leave Dublin, that means I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And that's very real because it's just a mad way of looking at it. Um, but I guess a lot of my identity and ego had been created around being in Dublin, being in Rukandra, being in Pats. And um, so that, that caused a lot of pain, yeah, because the, the, the most obvious thing to do would be, okay, Thomas, you know what you want to do. Yeah. How can you put yourself in a position to make this a fun and enjoyable journey? Um, and I have to say, I don't regret any of it because I think it all unfolded just the way that it should have. And I've learned really, really good lessons from all of it. But the ego part did make it did make it tough because I, I I guess as well I thought well I'm not drinking my financial situation has changed so people aren't going to want to be around you know boring Thomas who can't go out as often so I stopped <laughs> I met people for coffees and I missed out on something that I used to love which was going out um uh so that yeah that definitely brought its own challenges but so much learning too because I really had to look in there and see what stories are you telling yourself that just are not true um, I think those stories that we tell ourselves are incredibly powerful because they're stories that we've, we've attained through different experiences and different things that have happened in life in general. And it's the script that we start to live our lives by then. Um, and until we actually wake up to those stories, in particular the ones that aren't serving us, um, they'll always continue to rule our life and where it's going to go. So it comes back for me to, to that fundamental choice of, of making that decision to look at the stories you're telling yourself and go, well, which ones are supporting me and which ones aren't? And which ones are bringing me to a place of, of me feeling content and fulfilled and happy just as I am? Um, and which ones are making me, I suppose, work harder to be somebody that I'm not, you know, and to try and keep that facade, you know, I think... We're all wearing masks at the moment, but we, we wear masks all the time before we ever did uh, because of coronavirus, because it's, it's keeping up with appearances, I think, and trying to be somebody that we're not. Um, one of the big things that I gave up actually this year, it's funny that you said it was, I gave up alcohol. I used to suffer immensely from hangovers, like two, three days where I'd berate myself then go, why did you do that? Terrible. But to me, in my mindset was, if I have two or 22 drinks, I'm going to have the same hangover. So I might as well make it work my while and then would spend two or three days in bed dying sick. Um, 
and realized every single time I did it, the same question was, why are you doing this to yourself? Why, what's the, what's the reason behind this? And a large part of it was ego. It was, well, I want to be seen as this, this fun person. I don't like, it was always trying to run away from that sad person, I think. And, and sitting with, with that and actually going, well, who am I when I'm not thinking that that's the case? And it only happened about just before the last lockdown, I was in a friend's house. And she was like, you want to say I can't with me? And I was like, no, I, no, I've, I've just given up. And it was the first time it was like this, there was this little person inside of myself going, she finally supported us and this is, she's just sticking up for who she is. And it was a really lovely experience for myself to actually just go, no, I'm okay, thanks, I'll have a cup of tea. And to sit there and be comfortable in that and to be me and be confident in being me. Um, because I think society tells us, maybe Irish society tells us that, you know, drinking is great crack and unless we're a drinker, then, you know, we're not great crack. So it's hard. Um, but look, it's, that's another tangent that I've just gone on. Um, talk to me about coaching. Um, what's one of the greatest things you've learned through coaching? Because in coaching, um, in order to train to be a coach, we have to undergo a lot of introspective work and to be coached ourselves and, and to discover the process. So for me, it was one of those those life-changing um, experiences because I had done a lot of therapy. And while I think therapy is amazing if you're going through something, it's very much focused on the past to getting through past, past events and past experiences. But what I love about coaching is it, it kind of takes off where, where therapy ends. It, it, it picks up and, and kind of goes forward. So what was what was the greatest learnings that you've had in, in, in becoming to be a coach? Wow. Um, coaching. Co yeah. I, I, for me, co coaching helps you see that just everything that's already there that the world doesn't tell you to look for. Um, my biggest learning, my greatest learning, I guess a lot of my work is one-to-one -one and it's where I show up best. So um, I've always been someone, like even in past, I just love talking to people one-to-one -one around the place. So my biggest learning has honestly been that you can read all the books in the world you want, but unless you're asking yourself, what is this book teaching me about me? Um, you know, that that's where the real value is. And everybody, I just love people. And if everybody could see what they're capable of inside of themselves before they were given any labels, before anyone else told them what they should do, before that they, before they became attached to what they think they should do, there's so much there. And it's from that place you can create. And it might sound kind of dreamy and floaty to some people, but you can literally create anything. But when you become really clear on who you are, you realize that you don't want anything and you don't want everything. Yeah. It's so simple, so subtle. The journey is more, it's, it's growing pains and kind of letting go of the ego and coming more connected to who you are. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, it's all about connection to self, essentially, no matter what way you go at it. If it's, if it's to create your own future, you're going to have to come in a way to connect with yourself in a way that you connect better with others in a way that you connect better with the world. And from that way, you kind of, your perspective shifts over time at a human pace because we're not robots and our pace is different each and every one of us. Um, and ironically enough, the slower you go, the faster you, the, the further you get. Um, so my biggest lesson is, I think my biggest lesson, it was a belief I had anyway from, from the, the parenting that I grew up with, um, but that everybody has their own answers. My biggest learning at a deeper level, and it's just getting deeper all the time. Mm. Like you can ask someone a question that might seem like, for example, um, a lovely question that, that so, for, say for example, if there's someone listening now and they're just in their bedroom and they're on a walk, just even think, take a second to think, well, who would you be if you knew who you are before the world got its hands on you? What, like what, what comes to mind? What do you care about? Um, when's the last time you felt alive? Um, could be watching a movie, conversation with a friend. Uh, could have been just a moment in your life. Could have been a conversation with someone who you haven't talked in a long time and you haven't had that feeling since. They're all little things that tell us something about ourselves. 
um, and they come in moments and to connect back to their moments tells us about us um, so there's a lot of lo- a lot I've learned from coaching but I think it's I think there's a lot of different ways to get your best out of life but for me coaching is the thing I've come across that just has the a profound impact on how we show up what our journey can look like because it's a journey it's not a you know the way we prior to COVID I guess everyone would have been this the speed of life racing towards the end line which is completely makes no sense at all but we were all doing it um so yeah there's there's a bit of a around the answer for you years ago probably eight years ago now after and the last time I, I tried to take my life I went to a therapist and one of the questions that she asked me was one of the very first questions like after how are you was how are you at home and I was like what am I in what am I doing here <laughs> I've just tried to end my life she's asking me how I am at home obviously I'm miserable <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I, I I was like all right okay I said I'm you know what I, I actually don't like being at home um it's not that I don't like my home and who's in it it's just that I don't I'm just not happy being at home I'm always on the go I'm always trying to distract myself I'm always doing something that I actually rarely spend any time at home and that was my answer and she just went on and asked a different question and I was like oh, what's wrong with it now it's six weeks later um, she turned around and asked me the same question and I obviously we developed a relationship at this stage I was like what the hell is this question about you know and I said look I'll amuse you and, and answer it I said but it's funny that you ask it because I just spent a full Sunday at home so this was maybe a Tuesday the, the Sunday previous I had just spent it fully at home I didn't move I didn't leave the house I didn't I was so content and they're the words I used I was, I was really content to be at home I was really at peace and she goes, it's funny that you say that because I never meant your house, but I meant your home. And she pointed mm-hmm. to, to her head and it has always stuck with me because, and, and that to me sums up what coaching is about because it, it's, it's bringing yourself back home to, to and, and you put it simply there, to, to what's the things that, that you do that give you peace, that make you feel alive, that, that bring you back to feeling fulfilled. And it's, it's always within us, you know, it's always within who we are already not who we've been not who we're going to be who we are right now is within us and that's something that I always bring with me um and I'm reading a book at the moment it's called deep kindness you'd love it (laughs) Um, (laughs) and there's a line in it and it says human in Arabic um translates roughly to mean to forget right but there's another line to say that we're born with a predisposition towards openness, learning, creativity, invitation, adventure. And we've all got a little too human where we actually forget all those things. So that to me is like, okay, well, how do I go back to that and become again who I was before the, the world told me who I should be? Um, what makes me happy? What makes me feel content? And you always get the answers that you need. And one of the greatest ways that I've asked, asked myself those questions is in situations where I find myself in situations where I don't really know the answer and I'm kind of struggling a bit. One of the questions I asked myself was, what advice, if this was your best friend in this similar position to you are right now, what advice would you give them? And the answer, like I write down the answer and I journal on it. And it always gives me the best answer for myself because it always comes from a place of heart and love and support. And, and that's from within. So letting, letting go of the ego, letting go of all that crap that we have that holds us back and just brings us back to those answers. Um, Love it. The sense of self, right? Because we've, we've spoken a lot about becoming human and um, we've spoken a lot about what makes us human. But for anybody who's struggling um, with finding out who they actually are, um, what would you recommend? Um. I guess the first thing is no matter where you are, the only place you can ever start from is where you are. Um, uh, so I guess, um, what would I recommend? Well, you know, all kinds of different people and scenarios are going through my head right now. So um, for someone who's looking to find out who they are, I, I'd literally, if you could take, this could work differently for everybody. 
So some people might want to do this on their own and take a time to literally, you know, there's, there's a wheel of life. You can look it up online and maybe assess, okay, in all areas of my life right now, where do I feel I want to be? And where do I feel when we come out of COVID that I wouldn't mind if it didn't look the way it always has? Mm-hmm. And, and, and look at it with a, a lens of I'm looking to improve my life here, not beat myself up about it. And literally, okay, well, where is the area of your life that you feel would make the greatest impact if you made an improvement or focused in on there? And whatever that area is for you, what is that telling you about what you need to do? And come up with a a compassionate plan. A compassionate plan that takes into consideration that you're learning, you're you're human, um, things that are worthwhile in life happen one step at a time over time. Um, And what you might ironically start to notice is that when you take these steps one by one in that direction that is of greatest importance to you, that the other areas of your life will just magically seem to improve. Because when you're focusing on the area that that matters to you the most, you're, you're fueling your spirit and who you are so your, your, your vibe or your, your energy is, is going up. So all of a sudden, some things will start to just fall away as if by magic, let's mm. say. And other things will start to come into your life as if by, well, where did that come from? Um, and take it slowly. And I would certainly um, don't go on... Do as much as you can, but something were really awful for us Irish people. Um, and I certainly was in my journey and I had all the support around me and I didn't ask and kept a lot of it in my head. Um, would be, who do you know who could support you, who could listen, who could keep you accountable? Um, and remember, it's, uh, if there's something else I'd say to everyone is, I, I, I don't know how many people, well, two over the last few weeks have kind of asked me am I am I the only person going going through this or going like feeling like this and um these are people obviously coming to coaching but they they think that transition or change is is unique to them because people don't talk about it they don't talk about what they really want so you'd be surprised when you start to talk openly with the people that matter to you most or someone you feel safe with how some people might be like what you're you're going through that too Oh my God, I just, I thought I was just the only one. And all of a sudden you'll start to realize that most people are going through the same thing in their own way. Yeah, I did an exercise recently and it was, it was through a book that I was reading, but what I did was I contacted between five to eight different, very, very close friends of mine and people that I, I hold a very high value in my life. And I asked them two questions. And the first question was, describe me in three words just use some three words and then the second question was when was the last time or what was I doing um in your opinion when I felt when I looked like I felt most alive and the different answers were absolutely incredible because it really brought me back to the reaffirming that actually the path that I'm on is the work that I'm doing through coaching is the right path for me it's it's where people see me most alive and, and, and that's what I love but it was actually very interesting because quite often we can get stuck in in our own heads and we can start to think about ourselves negatively and we can think that we don't have significance significance or our impact but asking that question to the people that you love and, and hold of, of value in your life and getting their responses like their genuine answers it's the most one of the most profound things that I've done because it has allowed me to get out of my head because I overthink a lot. <laughs> it's it's one of my defaults. I just flip to the automatic negative. It's always been my my default. But I think some of us, to a point, are all the same. Um, learning to come out of that is learning to see how other people view me as well. Um, because it's not always the same way as how I view myself. You know, it's it's always better. And coming back to that, in in I need to start looking and viewing myself as same way as someone that I love you know and that's been the journey that I've been on that has been you know most profound and impactful for me but that that's 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 brilliant um talk to me about spirituality 
spirituality yeah i guess what what in particular um it's the path that i'm on at the moment um what 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 does it mean to you what what is for spirituality to you so for me for me it's the true essence of life um i i i guess and I, I like all of this stuff for me a couple of years ago would have been what um, like the, 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 the only thing I would have known about a couple of years ago was, you know, my, like I'm brought up in a family who would have been church every Sunday, uh, when we were younger, when we were younger, it would have been, who would have said the rosary kind of most evenings. That was really important for dad. Um, and it was much more than a rosary. Actually, it was more so we were together doing something as a collective. Um, so there was a lot in it. Um, but that's all I knew. And then I went on this journey and I just, once again, when you start to, when you start to question yourself and show up in different places that you haven't been before, you start to meet people who just seem to get you more than maybe the other people that you have spent a lot of time with. And for me, I've spirituality is very much so connected to all that is like a connection to yourself, a connection to everything around you. And this might sound a little bit deep, but it's, it's just showing that there's that we are literally all the same thing. <laughs> like, Energy is the only thing, like right now between me and you, there's myself, uh, a screen, there's distance, there's whatever, but essentially the only thing in for, like is energy. Um, I like it's, um, so like if we look at gravity, for example, you know, if I pick up a pen and drop a pen on the ground and ask someone what just happened there, yeah. they'd be like, oh, well, gravity, or, well, your pen, you dropped your pen, and okay, well, what was that? Oh, well, well, because of gravity, because it falls down. Okay, but but what puts gravity there? Mm. They're like, what? Well, gravity is just gravity. It's like, okay, well, can you tell me where that comes from? Well, well, it's just the way it is, because science says. I was like, yeah, well, remember, before science was here, there was the world as it is. Mm. So the only thing science ever does is proves what already is. Um, Like, what makes what makes flowers grow? doesn't just have we don't question it but what is it that pushes the roots up and oh it's water okay well where does water come from yeah what gives that life and it's the very same thing that gives gives life to our heartbeat that makes us breathe um and for me it's someone said to me something before about um the light above it all so there's the different religions but they're just different ways of conveying a similar message and people perceive it and pick it up in different ways. But essentially, I think there's a power above that, that we are, our minds maybe can't comp fully comprehend. Um, so that's the way in which the message is delivered. Um, and for me, it's, um, yeah, I could go on, I could go on for ages because it's been quite, um, it can really, when you connect to that spiritual side of yourself and energy and things, um, life can start to open up because you start to see that you're not in control of absolutely anything <laughs> that's only an illusion that we seem to convince ourselves that you can control things and control your future whereas if i found anything at all it's kind of part of the journey because it's feeling like you have to control things is natural because you want to it's come from a place of fear and if i don't have this and if i don't have that but but the more i've let go of things the more stuff has come out of and when i say out of the blue i mean out of the blue yeah. and i just learned to go with the flow and just do more of what brings me joy and spend time around and it's yeah I just I just I give give like surrender give your control over to somebody else because if we think we're in control it's 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 up to us to take action of course aligned action but after that there's something much bigger with a greater plan for us all I think life whether it's the the law of the universe or any of those things or your faith it's life rewards effort because I know when I work towards and like, you know, put in the effort and, and show up for myself and for others, I start to see that actually, oh my God, these things just pop out of the blue, you know, and it's, it's that idea of creating your own luck, but it is definitely for me comes back to that place of spirituality and believing that, you know, I've always believed in, in putting more good out into the world and I've always believed that it would come back. Um, and, you know, karma maybe but it's it's my belief and my faith that actually the more that i give the more that i'll get um but it's to let go and not expect it you know that kind of way it's that that in between moment but um do you have a spiritual practice 
My spiritual practice is very much so, um, like I'm, I'm currently actually looking at a master's in spirituality and it's the conversations I've had around it are like, whoa, you can really deepen your journey. Um, but deepen in a way of getting to know yourself, not deepen. I think some people associate the word deep with tears and badness and sadness, <laughs> but it's, it's actually just a beautiful journey of growth. Um, but my spiritual practice very much so is, um, a big part of it has been, you know, people say the phone and stuff helps you connect with others, but it also is incredibly good at helping you disconnect from yourself. That's been a big part of my journey too. So my spiritual practices, such as going for a swim every day, I'm in Galway, go for down and swim in Salt Hill. Most days um, it's spiritual because I don't force myself and it's not the end of the world if I don't go. Um, so I go, go for walks in nature. Um, when I get on my bike, I go for a, a journey. I just go for, I don't go to complete 10K the fastest you can improve every day. I go because I like being on my bike. I need to get exercise. I enjoy being on my bike. I love adventure and a sense of freedom. And I get to encapsulate it all in one. Um, uh, I read, I journal, I send, I talk to myself a lot. Um, I done a Reiki course there last weekend or two weekends ago. Um, another way of connecting in to know that a spiritual practice, do a bit of Reiki on myself. Um, what else? Taking life slow. I think the slower you go, the, the, I think going slow is a spiritual practice, but it's a universal law of life. I think, um, taking aligned action, cutting out the stuff The like, I, I think spiritual practice is like a minimalist approach and putting a filter on your life and slowly over time, raising your, your vibe and your intentions and your purpose. And that, I guess that's, that's a, a nice surface level summary of it. Uh, and what I love about the, the cold water dipping is it's that act of surrender though. It, it's it's that, that lesson that actually when, when you let go, great things happen. And it's that, you know, when you're getting into the water, it's, it's that almost like you want to run away from that. Um, but when you get into that belly of the beast and you really just allow yourself to just let go in the water, that to me has the most profound effect because quite often we really hold on to a lot of things that just don't serve us we hold on to a lot of tension we hold on to a lot of pain but when you literally make the choice to just go in and let go um, and let it all go you're there and in a moment of bliss and calm and serenity um amidst all the chaos and that's what i just love about about swimming um it's amazing i'm i'm like we could speak for ages um but i'm conscious of people's um attention span <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just look, come here. That was that was one of the most um, wholehearted, heartwarming conversations that I've had. And kind of thank you enough. Um, one last question: um, Where do you get your inspiration from? What gives you inspiration? Inspiration, and it's kind of the theme. It's been a theme throughout our conversation. If you look at the word itself, it's inspiration. So it's um, when you, I guess. It comes back to this, look out to learn, look in to listen. So where are the experiences in life that you, you kind of like, even if you find yourself very distracted now, for example, where is it you're drawn to? Like what YouTube videos do you watch? What is it you're getting about that? And what is it telling you about you? Um, books and stuff. Um, so for me, where do I draw my inspiration? I draw my inspiration from everyday people, I guess, um, in terms of music and in terms of like the celebs and the different things, Dermot Kennedy, Florence Welch, Chris Martin, they're three people. Look at their interviews, they, like listen to them, do what they do. They don't do what they do to be famous. They don't do what they do to, for everyone to see them. They do it because they're deeply connected to what they care about and they're, they're, yeah, so I draw my inspiration, I guess, from people like that. I was listening to Snow Patrol this morning. I used to listen to them when I was younger. Um, I can't remember the song, but I was like, wow. It's funny how you can see, hear a song when you're younger, and you're like, oh, I like that song. And now with a different, a different ear, you could say, you're like, oh, wow. Oh, now I really like that song. Um, my inspiration, to be honest, it comes from conversations with others. I, like in that coffee shop yesterday, um, talking to Nikki and Sive. Um, they came in and they were like, uh, sorry, I came in. I was like, well, how's your day going? They're like, oh, good, good, good. And how was yours? I was like, Jesus, great, fantastic today. And they were kind of like, 
what? We haven't heard anyone say that in a long time. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll tell you what, girls, when I come in and I'm having a shit day, I'll tell you that too. <laughs> and, and we just had a laugh. And I was like, so, so, so tell me about you. And we just had a little conversation. And the more you open yourself up, I think, to the fact that inspiration is in every, above anything else, it's in every person that you meet. But be curious. Don't assume. Drop judgments. Listen. Talk. Um, whatever way you interact in the world, if it's music, if it's writing, if it's um, conversation, like follow your follow your flow of life as such. Just because the person you admire has another way of doing it, it's just what you admire about them isn't the fact that they do it. It's probably why they do it. So connect in with, okay, if I was to do this, in what way would I do it? Um, so yeah, my my kind of going on a ramble now, but I think my family, definitely all nine of them have been through challenges. We've all been through um, a, a, a challenge or two in 2020 that's really challenged us all, but also shown us that there's always something above us all controlling everything and looking after everybody. Um, I have a brother, for example, he was in, he was in Maynooth for two years doing business, didn't like it. And I called home one summer and I, it was May time and I was talking to ma'am and uh, I think I heard Fergus in the background. I was like, ma'am, is, is Fergus doing exams? And she was like, oh, hang on a second now and I ask him. So she asked Fergus, are you doing exams? And he just goes, I'm not doing them. <laughs> anyway, from there, we, we, we learned that Fergus was leaving Maynooth and he was pursuing another career, which he didn't know fully, but he, he did have an idea. We just, he hadn't told us. And uh, he went on then. Uh, Tatlone, he's in his final year now, he's doing athletic rehab therapy. He loves it. He's a different person. Um, because he 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 just trusted him. I like a a, a good pair of Lirhoji, like to be fair, he just <laughs> went for it. Um, and it's great. He took comes home and he's talking about physio and he's telling us about you'd ask him something, and he just loves it. And so Fergus inspires me, and they all inspire me in their own different ways because I genuinely peep, think the people that around you are probably incredibly inspiring if we take the time to just have conversations and ask questions i'm, I'm gonna leave that there that was amazing you're you're an absolute legend and thank you so so much for being on this podcast um it's called the inside out for a reason you know and, and you embody and this conversation has embodied the reason why i called it that um to end I want to promote your podcast when it does come out. Um, <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> because we had a lovely little giggle because um, this comes back to to letting go and releasing judgment and actually um, having that conversation because um, I recorded season one, did nine episodes of the Inside Out podcast and stopped for a period of time. And then over the start of the year, I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to get back into season two now, start having conversations and released I don't know, an episode or, or um, put up a post about it. And I get this message from a lovely man called Thomas <laughs> to say, um, didn't realize your podcast was called Inside Out. I'm so sorry. Mine is called From the Inside Out. And you were so nice because it was one of the most thoughtful messages you I could have gotten because it was taking my feelings into consideration about how I felt about the whole situation. And in that moment, both for you and I, there was this um, choice that we both had. You know, you could have just said, oh, fuck this, I'm not doing that, or I'm not contacting her and avoid me for the rest of your life, or just say it. And also, in my reply, I could have been like, oh, fuck this guy, look at him copying me and have that mindset where the ego starts to come into play. Or I could have just said, actually, what Thomas is doing is really amazing and he's providing value to the world, just like I am. And yeah, there's room for us all. And that's the approach that both you and I went with, choosing the right path that better supports us. And it brought us to here to have this conversation. And, um, you know, it's 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 an incredible thing. So come here, tell me about your podcast. <laughs> well, well f first of all, I'd like to say um, that it was like, you're you're so good at colors and stuff. Because as soon as I seen it, I was like, oh, that is cool. And I was like, oh, those words look very familiar. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, because uh, it's been and not oh, no, as in, oh, no, she's doing a podcast. Like, oh, no, because it, it had been from the it had taken a while to come in to play because it's important mm -hmm. to me that the name came from a place of depth. Yeah. Um, 
because that's kind of my life. It's 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 got a depth, or it's probably not something I'm involved in. And uh, I was like, oh no. Um, and then it was kind of the old Thomas would have just been like, uh, just drop it. Like, just don't, don't, don't risk the chance of upsetting somebody. So just leave it. Um, and then I was like, no, I was like, um, she seems like from, from a brief interactions, like she seems like a lovely person. So I can just be honest and, um, say exactly what was going on. And, um, the thing was then, I think just when you, go on this journey as a coach you know the words and stuff have the meaning that we attach them but there could be 10 people running all the same podcast with the same name and different images and the same names whatever but what shows up differently is the essence of once again go back to kind of a spiritual and kind of just human approach and um, Kira is Kira and Thomas is Thomas so at the end of the day it was always going to be no matter how much even if the the structure and the the the, the plan around it and everything everything it's going to go back to what I guess you could say it's going back to the the inside out and the fact that we are all different from the inside out and from that place, it was always going to be different regardless of how similar it seemed. Um, so thanks a million for your very human and compassionate reply as well. Cause I was like, cause I, I didn't know you that well. So I just didn't know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so thanks very much for that and, and, and allowing and asking <laughs> this conversation, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so I guess from the inside out is, I guess the theme of my life, I guess, when we talk about intuition, knowing, feeling has come from a place of where I felt that I would shine best from the inside out. Um, the people I tend to connect with love that, like love deep conversations in terms of what I call real conversations. And um, my hope is that it'll, it'll emerge and evolve over time, but that I'm talking to people who have realized I'm living life from the outside in some way. And then they found their own way to live life from the inside out. And they create it and curate it over time, knowing that there isn't a perfect destination, that it doesn't just end, that, for example, authenticity isn't, okay, I'm authentic now. It's constantly evolving. And yeah, just talking to humans, having real conversations and very much so about the who and not the what, but how the who connects to the what. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thanks so for that. Put you under pressure. When is it going to be out? Yeah, good question. Uh, well, I have to. I'll tell you what, there's this thing on Spotify now, you can put a 30 second song. So um, I'm going to record the trailer this week and put that out um, and just speak, speak from my heart, essentially, um, which I've done my best to do today. And, um, uh, and just put it out there. And there's three or four people have asked and just start recording and kind of go from there. Um, don't wait for the perfect plan. Just go with the flow and jump on the train. Listen, thank you so much. You're an absolute legend. Um, and I know this conversation is going to provide immense value to so many people. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Always thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, I really, really love that episode and I, I hope you did too because I gained so much value from, from that conversation that I had with Thomas um, and I really hope you did too. If you'd like to uh, to share it on your social media, uh, I, I'd love if you could tag myself or Thomas in it um, and let us know what you think. And if you think that you know anyone who might benefit from hearing this podcast, please do share it with them too. And uh, thank you so much, as always, for being the most incredible human being ever. You're a legend and keep moving forward.